Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sisternino back here with some special coverage following the Celebrity Apprentice because we're going to be speaking to, get this, the winner of a Celebrity Apprentice season, Matt Eisman, the host of American Ninja Warrior, is going to be joining us in just a moment to talk about his big win as the Celebrity Apprentice. And joining me today to talk with Matt Eisman, somebody who talks about Matt Eisman all the time on our American Ninja Warrior wrap up show with Lita Brillman. It's Taryn Armstrong. Taryn, how are you? I am incredibly excited to talk to Matt Eisman right now. I, he's just, he's so awesome. I'm so ready to like get his wisdom and enthusiasm into my life. Good. Okay. Well, happy to have you here. I'm sorry we couldn't work it out with having Mike Bloom and Megan Z here, but I just didn't want to overwhelm with so many people like a press conference for Matt Eisen. <laughs> yeah. Tyron, did you follow The Celebrity Apprentice all season long? Yeah, I watched it. Um, I was I basically knew Matt Eisman was going to be on it, so I decided I, I wanted to watch it for that purpose only. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, he wins. I feel like I'm you just delivered. on a lucky streak with this stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's patch Matt in. Okay, so I'm very excited to bring in our guest today, of course, that you saw him all season long on the Celebrity Apprentice, the new Celebrity Apprentice, Schwarzenegger edition. He was the winner, beating out Boy George in the final two. And of course, you could watch him all the time on NBC's American Ninja Warrior. Please welcome to the podcast. We are honored to have your Celebrity Apprentice, Matt Eisman. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well, Rob. I uh, I have to say, I was hope I, I didn't know if uh, Mike and Megan were going to be on because I know they picked me. <laughs> yes. to win. Although you did not. I didn't know you, you were, were listening were that closely. Down. I didn't know you were going <laughs> to call me out. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked me either, so don't worry about it, Matt. I really I thought you had all of the chops, but I am used to in the world of Celebrity Apprentice. At the end, sometimes. They go with the person that has more of the notoriety. And I thought that maybe they were going to go with the person that was uh, the traditionally bigger name with all, oh, yeah. with all due respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and believe me, I know where I am on the fame totem pole that, that, that this past season. Uh, yeah, I was I, I, I and I had no idea until um, until Monday night. I didn't know who was going to win. So I, I'd heard the finale podcast. You guys had some questions. I can, I can answer some of them. Um, we did, we shot two endings. So, yeah. and that's, that's standard for apprentice. According to the producers, what they do is they've always shot uh, endings both ways. And then if the live finale works out, reveal it that way, they couldn't get the live finale together this year uh, due to scheduling conflicts. I think viewers weren't, Enough viewers weren't scheduling the show <laughs> was the main conflict. But um, so we'd shot those endings, but we didn't know which one was going to air. And so that's why there wasn't the confetti. And it was actually mine was the second one. So Boy George had already, you know, quote unquote, won experience winning. And then we would go back into the war room where the people who'd helped us were always champagne. So that's why, I, you know, there wasn't the, the, the huge crowd. And I, I'd hoped, too, that. You know, they, we, we would get to have all of the other celebrities back yeah, um, to get to reunite with them. So but even for the finale, it was tough to get those who, you know, they, the, the way they choose the people who are going to be helping us is largely based on availability. So people who would show up. And so, you know, Vince Neil had gone back to Vegas. I think Lovitz was uh, had booked some comedy shows. 
So you know, you it's tough to get everyone back. Um, it was tough to get them back when we were shooting, let alone for the live finale. All right. Well, we have so many questions about the finale and the season. Let me just do a, a proper introduction of Taryn Armstrong, who's here with us as well, who is a huge Ninja Warrior fan. And I, I might even say uh, Ninja Warrior groupie that he goes out <laughs> to the tapings even. Uh, it's going to be in Vegas later on this summer. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I've always wanted to get Matt Eisman on the Ninja Warrior podcast, but um I mean, Matt Eisman, he's a triple threat on this podcast, I believe, because not only is he the winner of The Celebrity Apprentice, but he's also the host of Ninja Warrior and a big, big brother fan from what I hear. So oh my God. Like, it's all the, all the categories for me. I'm a live theater. <laughs> all right. Wow. Yeah. See, I am. It's... I am. <laughs> I am not only the host of American Ninja Warrior, but also a lot of big brother live feed correspondent. So it's honestly, one of the, one of the biggest thrills about winning Celebrity Apprentice was that Derek Levasseur. Uh, tweeted me congratulations. <laughs> oh, wow. like, oh, right. Derek, I was I was just trying to emulate you, bro. Just trying to get another clock in there. Now, did watching all of that reality TV help you out going into the Celebrity Apprentice? Um, yes and no. I mean, like honestly, I've so I got into Big Brother because one of my best friends is now the co-EP Jordan Kratos. and he I'd worked with him on Ninja Warrior, and so he went over to Big Brother, and I'm like, all right, I'll watch, I'll watch uh, to support my friend. And this was BB14 um, mm-hmm. when they had the coaches back, when like Dan made what, what I still consider one of the greatest moves in reality TV history. Um, and literally by the end of the first episode, I think I texted him 67 times with my <laughs> commentary. And I just, I just got hooked on big brother. And I love, I love the fact that to me, you know, as a former doctor, you, you, it's hard to get to experiment on human beings. And yet we get people for three months locked in this cage for our pleasure. And I just, I love the way it unfolds in watching the, the, the psychology, the, the mind games that they play with themselves. And so I, I've always said I could never do, I, I couldn't do Big Brother. Um, and so when I got called for Celebrity Apprentice, my first thought was no, no way. And, but then I realized it's a huge opportunity for me. I mean, obviously, Ninja Warrior is great, but the show is really the star. And I felt like Apprentice was going to be a chance for me to show a different side of myself and let people you know, A, see my face and B, hopefully see I'm funny or I can work with people or whatever. And so I, I thought about it. And then I started I'd watch previous seasons. But when you watch a show as someone potentially going on the show, it is such a different experience because I started rewatching the most recent season with Geraldo and Kevin. <laughs> Jones. Yeah. And, 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 and I was, my, my girlfriend kept shutting my computer going, stop, you're driving yourself insane. And it was, I was getting viscerally uncomfortable watching what was going on with, with the mind games. And I think when I, when I see big brother, I think with, with, with celebrity apprentice, we get to go back to a hotel at night. We're not locked in the Trump tower, the way that the way, the regular on the regular apprentice they were with celebrities they're a little more lax. Mm-hmm. So you'd have the night to regroup and we'd get Sundays off. And even still, it was it was it was tough. And I think we were fortunate, well, as competitors, we were fortunate this season that there wasn't nobody really I, I think set out to be um, a game a gameplay. Even Shale. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that bad. And I think he was by far the most aggressive game player for our season. And and I don't think he could have, you know, what Geraldo was doing in the second episode of the previous season where he was just actively sabotaging Kevin Jonas. 
And so I think we were a little bit lucky because I, I I don't know what I would have done if if someone had come in there or if like Jeremy from I think it was BB15 gets drunk and starts threatening <laughs> to take a wine bottle. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I would do. I'd probably self evict. It was a very <laughs> civil season of the Celebrity Apprentice, which is nice. Everybody was well behaved, but you know we like that drama also. But I think you well, buried the lead, Matt. That you talked about your girlfriend here. I thought your whole story <laughs> was how you're the guy that can't get a girlfriend. Even so, Arnold talked about it constantly. That's what started with Harry Harry Potter because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and you know it was funny because. Schwarzenegger says that line, I know now, you're a huge Harry Potter fan. And I know why you're not married. And by the way, my impression is not a featured player on SNL. I don't know. I think that was Mike who said that. But screw him. I, I think I'm pretty good with Schwarzenegger. But he said that. And what was funny was later I talked to him and he didn't even know why that was a joke. Someone had written that for him. And he's like, I, I don't get it. It's like, well, because Harry Potter's a bunch of nerds. He's like, oh. Oh, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> so, no, I had a girl. I have a girlfriend. She's she's actually she's here and she's sick of me talking about me, but it's my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Harry Potter task. I think that that was such a important moment for you on the show because I think that most of the people that I talk to who watched the season and who were fans of the show, I feel like that they were pulling for you to win because I think that in that moment that you were the project manager and you really showed your passion for Harry Potter, I feel like that there were a lot of people that were, you know, there to, you know, be on the show, but really weren't going to, you know, let their guard down and let people in and really show that they wanted it. And I think that there are so many people, especially like all the people that listen to these podcasts, you know, they like nerdy stuff too and talking about reality shows. And I think that that was a moment that I think that people could really relate to you how much you were willing to show your passion for Harry Potter. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it, and there's a lot of strategy that, that I don't think necessarily comes through with the premise, just in terms of like when you're project manager and going into it, you, you, you don't know what the tasks are going to be. And you don't know, I mean, literally you'd show up at a location and sometimes you know, it has something to do with it. For instance, we showed up, that was El Capitan Theater, mm-hmm. where they told us about the Trident, um, our second task. So we're at El Capitan, and I'm like, Schwarzenegger, it's, it's got to be a movie premiere. You know, we're, we're, you're, you're running through your head, and then they tell you it's Trident. And so, you know, you don't know, and you don't know when to step up. So for me, knowing I, I fundraising was always going to be a challenge, we didn't know when the fundraising task was going to be. Um, and so you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, I need to be project manager before the fundraising task. Um, but I need to try to choose something when it's going to be in my wheelhouse, especially early on. And for for me, Harry Potter was a little deeper in, and I, I was lucky that a, I know Harry Potter forwards and backwards. I am I'm diehard and B what else was great. Nobody else knew anything about it. And that, <laughs> that was amazing, but it really gave me then the opportunity to 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 have the stage, which you don't often get because, you know, you know, you really are competing and it's and it's whether you win or lose that task. You're also every time you want to make an impression. So you build up on your body of work, because I think for me, when I went head to head with Leila Ali on that last task uh, for the Honest Company, the reason I survived was the stuff I'd done before. And so Harry Potter was just it was great. And it was fun. It was fun for me, too, 
as a performer, I think that was a great showcase to get to show Schwarzenegger and, um, and, and his nephew, Patrick, like that I, I can perform. And, you know, I did 15 minutes that day on stage of, you know, deep Harry Potter stuff, but also branded stuff. So that was, I agree. I think for me, that was probably my biggest moment of the season. And that, that really helped get me into the finale. So speaking of the finale, going back to that, there was a big question that I had in terms of the team that you had to work with. I know you said that it was based on who was there on people's availabilities, but yeah. did you have any sort of a draft or a pick of the people no. Just based on where they went out in the game? It did seem as though, with all due respect to uh, Carney and Carrie and Kyle, that you got people that were fired earlier than the people that were on Boy George's team for the finale. That might have been a thought I had as well. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, I mean, you saw it on there. There's a moment on camera when I walk into the to the war room there on the ship. That was the first moment where I saw who, who I was working with, and I, I think I, I think what it was is there was some strategy as to who they gave me, knowing that our task was, okay, it was the, the, fun, the finale task was, was actually four parts. So you had the ad campaign that you had to put together. You had a, a party that you had to throw, a variety show you had to put together, and then fundraising. So I think even though my, my people, everyone on my team was fired before anyone on, on George's, and I hadn't worked with them, I think the thought was, Carney Wilson, they knew could bring in Wilson Phillips to help me with the variety show. And Kyle, between, uh, you know, Real Housewives, I, I think they felt she'd be a good asset with planning the party. And and then I think Carrie was someone who, who I, I think they felt had some potential um, that, you know, they were hoping would, would come through. I mean, to, to me, honestly, I, I think Carson Cressley was, was the X factor because I, I – going – most of the show, I was pretty certain Carson was going to win. I think he was one of the most talented. He's amazing on camera, and he just gets business. Um, so I was, you know, I mean, until until I heard my name called, I had, n I had no idea what would happen because um, I know anytime you go up against Carson, he's going to do something great. Um, you you didn't actually spend a lot of time being brought back into the boardroom to have to fight for your life. But I, I noticed that when you did, you seemed to have like the refined strategy of how to survive that boardroom, even though you hadn't been there before. Were you trying to like question the other contestants to see like what what seems to be working in there? Like, how did well, you go into that? A little bit. I mean, you we we get, you know, so we go to the war room, we get to watch everything up until until they had to defend themselves. But at that point, it, um, you know, it was the final, it was the last task before the finale. I think one of the things I did all season, I just, I, I was always doing homework. I was always doing my, my homework. I mean, they didn't show it, but I had, I was printing out five and six page documents. Like, you know, here are the criteria on which we're being judged. Here are our judges. Here are our deadlines. Here are our resources. Here's what everyone has been assigned to do. And here's some research. And so I was constantly doing homework and trying to, to, to plan things and having watched previous seasons and seeing how people state their case. I mean, again, I'm not going to go head to head with someone and knock them out, you know, verbally. I mean, certainly not with Leila Ali. So I felt, you know, the, the pretty early on, I, I started to realize I need to start kind of compiling my resume and have that in mind. And I think 
I'd gone into every, every boardroom I went into, I kind of went in with the strategy of, okay, if I get thrown under the bus, how do I respond? Um, if I have to name somebody, which, you know, the previous boss was, was a stickler about (laughs) throw someone under the bus, have a name ready to go, have a reason why and have defense. And so I think every, every task I was kind of doing my homework and then building my resume of why I should stay. And so, you know, and that, and that, time I had it with Layla, it was the, the time where I just kind of recited everything. And, and, and I will say that, you know, when you're in with Layla and Layla had taken some shots at me, my heart is racing, like adrenaline is going and you're pumped up and, you know, you're trying to be, I, I, I tried to be nice and polite because <laughs> Taryn, you'll appreciate this. So uh, Arthur Smith is the EP of Ninja Warrior and where I've you know worked for the past eight years. And the last thing he said before I went on Celebrity Apprentice, he was supportive of it. The last thing he said was, people like you, don't F that up. And so I'm like, okay, you know, don't be a jerk. Don't do something stupid. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't get caught up in the moment. And so, you know, I was I was always cognizant of that. And certainly I'm not going to, you know, Layla was fantastic. And so I felt the only thing I could do was just try to tell why I was fantastic or <laughs> you know, Matt, one of the other moments during the season where you were on the ropes was uh, during the Clippers task, I felt like, oh. when uh, Steve Ballmer, uh, you watched his video, and then uh, you tried to replicate his enthusiasm, and he ended up getting seemingly insulted and uh, said that you were just being a knockoff. Yeah. What, <laughs> what was going through your mind when you, oh, you, when you pissed fun. off Steve Ballmer? It was not fun, and, and I will say, like... Uh, uh, you know, he obviously gave a hint of that when we kind of pitched him our idea. But, the, you know, the problem is at that point, like the train had left the station because we're, you know, we, we get the task at like 10 a.m. and the game's at 7. And, you know, we've already, you have to submit anything you're going to do because it has to be approved A for TV and also B for the Clippers. And so we kind of pitched our idea. And at that point he wasn't, you know, he, he gave an idea that he's not going to like it. But I still felt it was a sound idea. And so then in the boardroom, you know, he again, he kicked my teeth in. But what they didn't show was afterwards, he goes, but you know what, Matt, I will give you credit. You got the crowd going. You did a great job. And and then he he gave me he was like, I I think you were the best person on your team. So he'd said that, which after kicking my teeth in, he kind of threw me a life preserver. So it was one of those things where you, you know, you see you see yourself getting getting fired and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe I'll be all right. Now, since the finale, have you had any contact with Governor Schwarzenegger and is there any duties that you have to perform as the celebrity apprentice? I've been waiting outside his house every day and he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't opened the door yet. Uh, no, his, his nephew gave me a call and, and, and passed along the congratulations. Um, but but I, I keep... Hoping Arnold. So Arnold did jokingly say we got to watch the premiere together. He invited us over to his house. Carson was there and Lovitz. And um, he said, you know, we should do a movie together. Oh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you you could kill me. I, I'd be happy to have my neck snap by you. And he goes, no, no, we'll be on the same team. And, I, you know, he's probably one of those things. He's a politician. He knows how to talk to his uh, voting base because that was exactly what I wanted to hear. So <laughs> but. Uh, nothing to happen, you know, with, with Celebrity Apprentice, 
the the biggest upside was raising a million, almost a million dollars for the Arthritis Foundation. And subsequent to that, during the show, there's been a lot more awareness and money raised. But if, if Arnold wants wants me to get him a cup of coffee, I'm I'm game. I'm I'm still. He is, he is, it doesn't get much bigger than Schwarzenegger in my book. Do you have any good Schwarzenegger stories that you could share with us from the production? Yes. yes. So here was one of the great ones. After the Harry Potter task, they'd often do kind of candid on the, the interviews with us. And so after the boardroom, you know, Chael had been fired and, but you know, it, it was, it was dramatic. And after Chael got fired, I still thought I could get fired, but I, I survived. And then I get you know, like the, the brand was very complimentary and I was just, I was elated. It was the second time I'd won $100,000 for my charity. So they're interviewing me and I'm just like, I'm so happy. You know, I got to say, I was lucky. I was lucky that, that, that it came to Harry Potter because I know Harry Potter and I just feel lucky. And then there's a walkway above us in Schwarzenegger Inc. And I hear this bullshit. You didn't get lucky. You were good. And then he throws me a cigar and he goes, enjoy this because tomorrow I might fire your ass. And I turn back to the camera. I'm like, tell me you got that. Tell me you got that on camera. It was, it was, I like, I immediately went, I texted all my buddies from like high school and college who, you know, we used to watch Predator and Conan and Schwarzenegger and, and Commando and all those movies together. I'm like, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. I still, I, I hope NBC has this footage in their archives and that someday I'll get my hands on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause it was, it was great. But Schwarzenegger, honestly, like he's such a, a, a gregarious, he's a ball buster. Mm-hmm. And like when the cameras were off, he and his friends were constantly just metaphorically and literally punching each other in the nuts. And it was <laughs> hilarious. And so when he makes fun of you, you feel like you're, you're one of his guys. And it was just, it was great. He's such a larger than life figure. And it was, it was fun. We really didn't get a lot of time with him during the shooting though. Yeah. I mean, it's primarily task presentation and war room. Cause he's not, he's not, you know, hanging out and, and, and you don't feel appropriate kind of going up to him, you know, while you're doing the task or, or things are going on. Cause he's kind of there judging. So it was more after the show that I've gotten to know him and you know, he's just been fantastic. It was during the Harry Potter task that the other team was dealing with uh, the cord cutting gate with Chael. What was yeah. your reaction to hearing about all of that? So it's funny because because Chael, right before we went into that boardroom, Chael goes, Eisman, shit's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Chael and I, I, I really get along well with Chael. I, I think he's a fantastic guy. And and uh, Carson, I could see Carson was distressed. And he even goes, listen, he goes, this is really going to be hard. And and it's tough because, you know, even though we were going against each other, I have such tremendous respect for Carson. I think he's a, he's an amazing guy. And so when I heard the story, I was shocked. But, but at the same time, one of the things they didn't really show was two tasks before in the Kawasaki task. One of the things they talked about was the women didn't get on the bike in their presentation. And they said, well – you know, the rules said we couldn't we couldn't get on the bike in our presentation. And Schwarzenegger said, sometimes you have to break the rules to win. And so Chael obviously took it to a bit of an extreme. But in my mind, I kind of thought, you know what? He heard the governor. He, he came up with something. So I thought I thought he might have a leg to stand on. Um, you know, this is all going through my head as, as we're finding it out. But, you know, if. if if, if 
was cheating. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I, I thought Chael, Chael had said he was gonna, you know, jump up on the table and go, well, who's taking me out of here? You know, something dramatic. Mm-hmm. When he walked out, I was like, Oh God, I thought it was a missed opportunity. Um, but it, I will tell you, it's it's amazing. You have all these ideas, and when you get in the boardroom, like I'll watch myself, and you, I can see when I'm sitting sitting there, sitting watching myself on TV in the boardroom, like you just realize your heart is constantly pounding because the ground can shift so quickly, and you can be the one all of a sudden being fired. Now, was there one contestant in particular that was the most surreal for you to be working with? Well, Vince, Vince Neil and Boy George, I think, because... Um, you know, I'm a huge crew fan and I remember I got junior high when culture club came out and that was the first time I'd seen a man wearing makeup. And, and I just, you know, back then I, I, I just thought it was someone so foreign. I couldn't imagine, you know, what kind of person he was and, to, and, and now to meet him and just find out, you know, he's just, cause what's great with the show is after, 15 minutes after, you know, you get a task, you're just working. You forget about the cameras and you forget about who someone is and you're just working with them as a person. And I just thought Boy George was wonderful and creative and like a great, thoughtful guy. Like I, I really felt like we became close. I felt we became close friends during it. I don't know. You know, he may have a different opinion, <laughs> um, but I really thought it was great. I, I mean, honestly, I, I was, you know, love it's. Like Saturday Night Live, like yeah. how many times I was quoting Lovitz to Lovitz. Like, I'm a master thespian, you know, it's the ticket, Tommy Flamek, all that stuff. Does he like that? He, you know what? I think he didn't mind it because I think he knew I, I genuinely was a fan of his. And like, you know, Lovitz is always on. And so if I did it to him, he'd go, I don't sound anything like that. i like, of course you do. You sound exactly like that. And he'll just go right into character with it. He's he is he's hilarious. He's he's the same guy he is on camera. He's just that funny, neurotic guy. Um, so for me, like, you know, there were there are moments where you're getting to sit down with Eric Dickerson and talk about his times at SMU or Ricky Williams winning the Heisman Trophy. And and for me, I knew all these people. I I'd been fans of them. So I think I had surreal moments with just about all of them kind of. You know, where you you just have some downtime and and they're telling stories and and it's cool because like I know them now, like I feel like I can ask them these questions. And so I felt like the a fanboy getting let in on the the cool club. Now, Matt, tonight on NBC Monday night is going to be the return of Ninja Warrior. You have an all star special coming up. Could you tell us a little bit about the show? And if people haven't seen it yet, I'm sure they, they can watch it on NBC.com. Yeah, so it's um, American Ninja Warrior. It's been great. It's been amazing to see the growth of it. And this this was a show uh, we did it. We did it last season as well. And to me, it was one of the most fun things. We just had the NBA All-Star Weekend, and you, you see stuff like the dunk contest. And it's similar. So we do an All-Star competition where it's Team Matt and Team Akbar. But this year, Christine Leahy, our sideline reporter, gets a team as well. And we each get some of our favorite ninjas. I have Chris Wolcheski, Najee Richardson, the Phoenix, and Flex Lebrec, who was just a breakout stud. Jesse Lebrec, who's, who's awesome. And, you know, we... They're going on the course, competing kind of in the USA versus the world format. And then I, I love that. But to me, the skills competition is one of the favorite, my favorite things that we do where we take the obstacles 
and we just we supersize them. So we take, you know, the, the warp wall goes from 14 feet or 14 and a half feet up to 20 feet. And we do the salmon ladder, which now goes from five rungs to 30 rungs. And you just let these ninjas go. And it's great because, you know, I'm friends with a lot of the ninjas. I, I follow them all on social media. And all they're doing year round is pushing each other. And they love to play and see who's best at it. And that's what tonight captures is them just pushing their bodies. And honestly, we're, we're approaching the outer limits of physics and the human ability <laughs> on some of these obstacles. Taryn, I think, you know, you've seen like the supersonic shelf grab where we go, you know, in the regular season, they'll do a shelf grab about five feet. And last year, Drew Dreschel and Isaac Caldero tied. And I think it was around 15 feet where we had to stop for safety reasons. But when you see them, and so this year we, we expanded it. So, you know, we, we go the full, the whole nine yards. Right. But when you see how far they're just, they just are throwing their bodies through the air. And, and it's just amazing to me to see the ability, the strength and the discipline these athletes have built. And what I love is, you know, we've got Flex Lebrecht going on the mega wall and she is just a stud. She's a badass. So I, I think tonight's one of those things where it's 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 a ton of fun and it's cool getting to see the ninjas because to me, the regular season, I, I love it. The stakes are so high, though. The pressure's so great that I don't know that the ninjas have as much fun with it. I think here where it's like, hey, just go for it. There's not a million dollars on the line. This is just bragging rights. You get to see their personalities come out, um, a little trash talk and a little more fun. Yeah, you know, I, one of my favorite parts about the show is – like not only the the like the obstacles themselves, but the, just the determination from the athletes. One of my favorite moments is, uh, you know, um, Jeff Britton on the final obstacle of the oh. third stage, just clinging on with bear, with like just everything yeah, I, he has. I don't know how he did that. I watch every time I'm like, he has to fall there. Right. It's, it's so good. Um, and also just like the camaraderie between the athletes. And you see that, you know, on the regular season, but also you get to see it more on some of these sort of side shows like the um, the Team Ninja Warrior and the All-Star Specials and stuff. Um, but something I, I you, you kind of pitched the show there a little bit, but I wanted to know from you, you know, we have a, a fan base of people who, you know, watch Big Brother, watch uh, Celebrity Apprentice. Why, like, why should they check out American Ninja Warrior? Because I know what makes the show so great, but but how, how can we articulate that? To, to me, what's amazing is it's the, 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 phys the physical stuff is incredible. I think it's fun watching people perform at a high level. But what, what I love more is, is just the stories of how these athletes are and the fact that, like, when I watch the NFL, it's people like Akbar, 6'6", 260 with a six-pack. That's, that's never going to be 99.99% of the world. But when you watch and you see someone, you know, you, you see athletes like Joe Morovsky, these who look like everyday people, who have families, who have jobs. To me, it's this incredible dedication. It's it's really a testament to hard work. And I love the fact that every year people go from the couch to the course because people get inspired and come out and the ninjas embrace it. I think it really is a unique – it's a sport now, but I think it's it's become a community. And I think that when when people watch it, it's, it's inspiring, it's fun, it makes you want to work out. And it's – to me, every – I, I liken it to, to Rocky – where you get to have these incredible moments where the underdog or Matt Eisman versus Boy George, incredible <laughs> underdog story of accomplishment. And I think you see it on the athletes' faces 
how satisfying it is for them to to achieve and to do it at this high level to know that this is only because I work so hard and that's what got me here. Yeah. Some of these athletes are just like the most fascinating and inspiring people ever. Um, we, I mean, I talked to Joe Morofsky and he's just, he's incredible. The determination he has, um, the dedication he has to training. He talked about like, just don't sleep. He just doesn't sleep. He just he's constantly amazing. works at it. Yeah. It's crazy. Although his cousin, Rob Morofsky, the Adonis may have been one of the greatest <laughs> reality competitors of all. I, I still don't understand how the bachelor or the bachelorette didn't snatch up Rob Morales. Oh man. That's, one yeah, that's a big, big brother. He would have been great. In this, <laughs> I mean, cowboy beast mode. That would have been Adonis. Square. It would have, he, he was perfect. For one of these shows. Uh, Matt, uh, before you go, Mike Bloom really wanted to know, did you have a review of fantastic beasts for the listeners? I thought it was, um, to me, it's the best Harry Potter movie. Wow. I love I thought, because, you know, for part, of the, part of the problem with the Harry Potter movies is they're great, but the books are so incredible. And because I had, you know, they, she Fantastic Beasts was really a compendium of all the animals from the Wizarding World. There wasn't, we didn't get to know it until we saw um, the movie. And I just thought, um, to me, I guess it would be the way you'd see the Harry Potter movies without having read the books. The sense of discovery. I thought um, Dan Fogler as the Nomadge. I, I thought, I because to me, he, he's like me. He's getting to experience the world of magic and wizardry. And I just thought that I, I loved, I lo and I felt there was a sense of danger and darkness um, that, that I just thought was incredible. I liked the, I'm not going to reveal the surprise cameo at the end, but I thought it was a fantastic setup um, for, for a sequel. So I was a huge fan. I thought the animals were great. I felt it didn't, it didn't pander too much like the Ewoks from uh, Jedi, where you felt like this is just a shameless plug, a merchandise creation. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought Fantastic Beast was incredible. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming out with us and uh, spending some time. I know you got well, a lot hey, going Terry, on. By the way, are you coming out to Universal March 6th and 7th? Um, no, we, uh, we are going to be in Vegas, though, for the, okay. um, for the final staping. All right. Well, if, if you, you know, now, now we're buddies. So, well, I, I mean, if help. you're inviting me, man, <laughs> yeah, come out. Are you I, kidding? I mean, yeah, I, I totally, um, okay. Then I, you're coming out now. You're going to be my guest out at universal. Boom. All right. <laughs> and wow. sister Nino, if you'd pick me, you'd be my guest. Oh, too. <laughs> come on. I even <laughs> live here. I don't even have to get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> you want, we'd love to have you guys come out. It's going to be, it's going to be a zoo out there this year. It's going to be great. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, let's try to make that happen. Uh, thank you so much, Matt, for Thanks, coming guys. out with us. And best of all, in addition to being the Celebrity Apprentice, you also get to tell people what Tyra Banks said. He's a gorgeous man, tall, fine as hell. Yeah. How about that? You think that's not my ringtone? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, you could follow Matt Eisman on Twitter. He is at Matt Eisman. Uh, of course, uh, check out Ninja Warrior on NBC or watch it on NBC.com. Matt, thank you again so much and congratulations on the win. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it, guys. Okay. Yeah, thanks. All right, Taryn. There you have it. Matt Eisman.
Man, that, that was like, that was amazing. I mean, I watched this guy all season long. You know, it's it's clear that he's amazing. But I mean, that was an awesome interview. Yeah, no, he was really great. He was, you know, exactly the person that you saw on uh, The Celebrity Apprentice. And uh, that enthusiasm and passion uh, really, I think, uh, was the leg up, especially on a season where there were so many people on The Celebrity Apprentice that uh, between Snooki and Eric Dickerson and Vince Neil and, uh, you know, to some degree, John Lovett. So there's a lot of people that were just sort of like, you know, going through the motions, it seemed like. And, uh, you know, that Matt is just like the complete opposite of that. Yeah, it was just like wide eyed passion the whole time. And that was really great to watch. All right. So, Taryn, uh, that we didn't mention it, but you are going to have a recap of the latest American Ninja Warrior episode, which is airing Monday night. Yeah, it's it's hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the recaps are always fun. Uh, Lita and I, we we have a lot of fun doing the podcast. Uh, I, I make fun of her. She cries and, and makes fun of me. And then <laughs> she cries. Um, well, no, no, she's going to be really mad at me for saying that, actually. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like people have been having even more fun as we've been doing the podcast. We we had a, uh, we talked to Zach Hemmerer a few weeks ago uh, who won the college edition of Team Ninja Warrior. And that was that was awesome. Uh, so I'm really, really happy with with what we're doing on that podcast. So I, I'd really uh, if, if you are even remotely interested, just check out the special. Check out our podcast. It's a lot of fun. OK. And how do people find it? It's American Ninja Warrior Rehap Ups on iTunes. Uh, you can also find it on the reality TV Rehap Ups feed on iTunes. That's the easiest way to do it. You're not going to miss anything when you subscribe to the full boat rehab ups feed exactly right, karen and then uh big brother canada is around the corner yeah it's coming up lots of lots of rumors flying around um hope you're rested you know. <laughs> i'm very rested very ready <laughs> okay all good stuff all right so that's gonna do it for us here today Earlier on Monday, I posted Game Changers preview number five, where we talked about Ozzy and Debbie. We've got another one coming up around the corner for Wednesday, where we are going to be talking about Malcolm and Sarah Lucina. First, we're going to be talking about Malcolm with Puya that we know from the So You Think You Can podcast competition. And then I'm going to be talking with another one of our listeners, Lindsay Wilson, about Sarah Lucina. That's all coming up on Game Changers podcast number six and plus we'll have a lot more during the week so make sure you subscribe to the podcast rob has a website.com slash itunes if you want to follow taryn on twitter he is at armstrong taryn taryn anything else going on um not too much i, I made a video a little while back on um some of the underappreciated shows of, of 2016 that yeah, i feel I like heard people you should say be checking that out. i want to watch yeah. that so what is it it's just you talking to camera about like videos and you cut in clips or anything like that uh, yeah i mean it's basically all clips and i i talk about five different shows that i feel were my favorites of 2016 that people weren't really talking about and um just explaining why i like them and why people should check them out all right well good stuff check that out looking forward to hearing what you guys thought about matt eisman in the comments on robinsonwebsite.com. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.